Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast with the Two Broke Brokers. Another episode of Two Broke Brokers. Quite far in now. Um, before we start, Daniel, if you don't mind, I would just like to say thanks to everybody listening to us. Because do you know what this episode is? No. Six months since we started. Six months? Yeah. yeah. Our first, I don't know when we recorded it, but we released our first episode on the 27th of October. Not bad. And it's the 25th of May uh, of April today, so six months later. Yes. We're still going after six months. That's not bad, is I it? I would say that's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. I'm yeah. impressed. And another milestone we hit uh, over the past week or so is 400 listeners. Listeners or listens? I don't know the difference. Well, a listener is 400 individual people have been listening to your podcast. Right. Or out of the total... 15 to 20 podcasts we've done all of them collectively have only had four it might be that second one i'm gonna <laughs> check now quickly i'm at less impressed i either one is impressive that we're still going but i think it's the second one i think oh. 400 listeners like over everything we've done i should have just let you go and you should have just let me out there right you, yeah. you've rained on the parade my a little bad. bit that's my bad but uh We'll just fact check right now. Yeah, we're just Josh fact-check. has got the all time four hundred and nineteen downloads. Four hundred and nineteen downloads. So that streams more or less. Okay, that's still not bad though. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to the four hundred and nineteen. Oh people. yeah, thanks guys. Or, yeah. Uh, we or already the... said thank you in the last episode anyway. I think just nice to hit the 400 milestone. Especially to the Belgian yeah. troops. The Belgian troops, 37 of them. That's crazy, man. <laughs> we're hitting you, we're bossing it in the UAE. Mate, well. do you want to have a little look at the map? Look at that, that's not bad, is it? We've got some global coverage here. Someone in Mexico. No one in Russia. No, no one in Russia yet. All right, that's true. What's that country there? I think we've kind of slated them a little bit, to be fair. What's this? Nigeria, we've got a Nigerian listener. Nice. That's all right, isn't it? I don't know anyone from Nigeria. You've never been? No, have you? No. <laughs> Give it a shot. That's pretty good. Anyway, yeah, pretty thanks everyone. That, yeah. Um, so, Josh, how are you doing? How was your week? What's been going on? Anything new? No, mate, nothing new, to be honest. It's been a relatively slow Easter slash Ramadan this year, I think. It's been quite quiet on the residential side of things. It can't have been too slow. You know why? Because you've had these beers in your fridge for two weeks. <laughs> and I haven't drank them. I, I know. I know. So it's I madness, you... isn't it? That's pretty good, though. I'm impressed. I'm quite impressed as well. Today. <laughs> well I think it's only cheers. one week, isn't it? We did it last week. Oh, I no, because it's... they were from the week But before. I just thought, yeah, 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 yeah I thought you were right, doing. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, you were doing. You're right. Saying that, last week's episode, I haven't edited it yet. For the life of me, I can't remember what we talked about. <laughs> I was quite drunk. Being you were, you were, um... I vaguely remember you shouting at me over an impression of a genie. Oh, but that's I could, about it, mate. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. <laughs> so, I think uh, you gave the, the Between Two Brokers girls a uh, good slating. Oh, yeah. I did and do that, didn't I? Yeah. I instinctively was like, you know what, I'm going to listen to the podcast. Again. Oh, yeah. So I listened to one of the most recent episodes. Of which one? Between Two Brokers or Two Broke Chicks? Between two brokers. Right, okay. The ones with That's their lots of followers. A relatively professional and, one. No, two broke chicks has them all. Oh, well, who gives a fuck about them? <laughs> um, God. But I thought, like, they they brought in some guy who did um, push notes or 
Uh, oh, yeah, 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 I did see this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, like, what they were saying was quite informative. It got me thinking. Okay. Did you listen to the whole thing? Most of it. Was there a lot of just nonsense chat beforehand, or...? Not really in this one, really? to be honest. This uh, is the one with the pit? No, this is a different one. But the same podcast? The same people? Same people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they did a good job, though. Okay. Uh, but it got me thinking about, um, in comparison to the real estate life elsewhere, and they were talking about this inspection list. Hey, I know I see your face <laughs> and I'm thinking he doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking An about here. Inspection right. list. But if you, if you manage properties, property management teams usually do inspection lists anyway. Yeah, that's true and, out here. Yeah, yeah and they do yeah. tend to sort of repair things here and there. Yeah. However, if you're buying a property, um, you know, you, you negotiate an offer. From what I understand in the US, they negotiate an offer okay, I want to buy it from this price. And then while the deal has, it hasn't closed yet, they send in an inspector who picks up on like every snag under the sun. And then they said that, that they brought in this guy from a company who comes in after the inspector and then gives you a quote on the main things you should repair um, yeah. in order to yeah. sell your unit or something. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's, it's got a uh, name, but it's completely escaped. Yeah, it. but it, there's something you do that possibly mandatory and yeah. other things and I'm just surveyor you get a surveyor round yeah word, but yeah. this is the thing right that's the inspector is the surveyor mm. but this guy's he's got uh, a handful of contractors himself he's his company is he gets uh, sole tradesmen with different skill sets and you know utilizes a business model where he's a one shop shop one stop shop for agencies and their clients right because at the end of the day, the landlord or the owner of the property needs to get that repaired before it's sold or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about that. But over here, how quick is it? I mean, if someone buys a property, they walk through the doors, they don't even look at the cracks. Oh, exactly. They just look at, oh, I don't like them tiles, but I can deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, or the actual the, structural you know, integrity doesn't yeah. really... Why is it like that? Play a fact. Um, it's, got, it's got to be a couple of things. One is the majority of... Oh, go on. We, I, when it comes to secondary sales, yeah. I would say that it's more or less non-existent. Yeah. But when it comes to said um, maybe off-plan sales yeah. and perhaps if you're buying straight from the developer. Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. The, the primary market. Yeah, yeah. Like if you go and see a villa that's newly built amongst a new community, everything is brand new. And you go in and you just see a bunch of shit going wrong. Then... You're gonna bring that up. Nope, this yeah. is not what I'm. Yeah. Was, this is not what I'm buying. I want this filler, but you're gonna to have to fix it. Mm. Then they do that, but we're talking about independent over here, secondary yeah. market, and it just doesn't seem to be like that over yeah, here. Yeah, it doesn't. It is quite strange. So obviously, the majority of properties out here, villas are what max thirty years old, forty or fifty years over here. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. I suppose if you go to the the. Like you know, in the, the main communities. The most mature areas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Properties tend to be less than, let's say, 30 years old, right? Maybe mm. even 20, to be fair. If you look at, like, Ranches 1, that's, what, early 2000s? Yeah, and you're that's right. quite yeah. an old development. So I think that factors into it that it's not brand spanking new, so you don't have the worry of something immediately going wrong. It's been tried and tested, and it's not been long enough. It's not a mature enough a market like the UK or America, where properties are hundreds of years old. So I think that factors in with the villa communities although you're right like 
common think, sense approach, you yeah. would still get a surveyor in my eyes. Um, the other thing is that apartments are the majority of transactions out here, in which case the structural, the structural um, burden doesn't fall to the owner. That's true. It's building management, right? Yeah, that's true. So you, ha- you then almost, maybe incorrectly, but you would still put the trust in the building management to well, maintain the building. That's what you service charges over here for, isn't it? it well, yeah, but yeah. you should still fucking... Maybe just coming from a UK background, you should still get it done. Also, oh, yeah. being a fucking tenant, uh, being a, a real estate agent, to be fair, haven't experienced any structural damage to any property that I've done in the past two years. But it's things like you don't mold see it from the AC. Or, yeah, there's, <laughs> that. <laughs> there's that. But yeah, you just don't really mm. see it out here. But that's because it's so new. Yeah. As soon as these build, we've spoken about this before. What happens when a tower is 50 years old? What happens when a villa is 50 years old? Is it going to be as so, strong as it is now? This or? is it. This is it. Like, if a building catches on fire, and I'm fucking hell, we've talked about this before. Mm. We had to cut a few things out. <laughs> um, but, like, the building, like you said, it's, it's, it's owned and it's managed by a certain yeah. uh, entity. And they will need to do their due diligence and make yeah, sure they do their inspections and maintenance and blah, 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 blah. I think the... Yeah, and we talked about warranties as well and yeah. what materials and contractors, blah, blah. We don't need to get into that again. I think um, it's, it's going to take us down a big, long tangent. You're right, but yeah. it, it does still happen. You've obviously got the torch in Dubai Marina, which I think last year or the year before caught fire like twice in the yeah. same year or Marina something. Marina Diamond as well. Marina Diamond is quite... Yeah, that was, there was quite another one in Barsha recently. Barsha... Um, Barsha 1? Yeah, uh, near the I Mall think... of Emirates. I, we saw that, didn't we? I we were in so. McDonald's, do you remember? And we saw the smokes coming up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember that? Was that? Yeah. Well, and I, then there was one in... Um, I, I drove past it uh, about a few weeks ago. I just saw just darkness all up Jesus. one side of the building. That was a bad one. Mate. There was literally last week or the week before, there was one just by the gold soup, which again is an older sort of part of Dubai. Yeah, Al Raz or something like that, I think it's called. Raz um, Al no, no, it wasn't that far. It was just by the gold suit, just sort of like Dera Udmetha sort of way. 19 people died in the, in the fire days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That literally two weeks ago as well. I didn't so, see that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it was, like in summer. I keep <laughs> saying this, but it tends to be people just being spazzers and, and cooking on the balcony or something, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what it is. People throwing their cigarette butts off, people not knowing how to use gas cookers. That's why everything's electric in the more modern buildings. Um... Yeah, it's the cigarettes as well. Like, if you chuck a cigarette off a balcony and it lands in someone's clothes that are out for drying, yep. then, you know, you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. No, mate, it's, it's, really an, it's an idiotic thing to do. I mean, I've done it in the past, of course, but, you know, I was drunk at the time. And <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. Um, you don't know. And you, yeah, I mean, it is just, it, it's scary. Because there was obviously the whole Grenfell thing in London. How long ago was that? Maybe 10 years ago or so? Do you remember? The whole cladding issue, the whole building went up. People. It was about eight years, yeah. Eight years ago. More or less. My concern is that I don't see any cladding reports at all. Over here? Over here, yeah. When you're renting a property, when you're buying a property, I don't even hear that question being asked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you would want to... if, If you're buying a property, you'd want a report from... 
said building manager when their latest inspection was and he what they picked up it, right? and is that a third party inspection or is it your own company yeah. inspection because that's a big makes a big difference absolutely it's not like a a government authority or someone who's uh would you say accredited or specialized yeah. for these inspections yeah. who have come over checked out the building and said that's safe yeah when i was a conveyancer back in the uk the sales process and the renting process used to take months prior to completion because you have to take out certain property searches before you can actually physically sell the property. And it's with the land registry back in the UK and it takes, you know, three to six weeks for these searches to come through. And one of them is, for apartments, a cladding report. It's by law you can't sell in the UK without a cladding report. Yeah, uh, you can without a mortgage. A mortgage will require you to get this cladding yeah. report yeah. in the UK, and it just doesn't exist there. And that's quite scary. And that is presumably why there are these events of these buildings just going up. Yeah, it could be, but at the end of the day, that it'll, it'll come come down to a fault. Why was the fire caused? Who was at the fault? And they'll make. They'll find something or they'll, oh, yeah, they'll invent something. On the flip side of that, though, when Grenfell happened, I can't remember the exact statistics, but a lot of people died or were rehomed or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Compare that to out here. So the Torch building caught fire twice last year. I don't think anybody died from it. Marina Diamond, I don't remember any deaths being reported from that. But you don't get reports on where those people who lost their homes had to go, do you? No, you don't hear that. But my point is, maybe it is considerably safer out here. In terms of fatalities. Well, I, perhaps, I don't perhaps. have the evidence behind that, so... Anyway. I just think it's, yeah, anyway, we, got, we are venturing down the path that we don't know anything about. <laughs> it is quite dangerous. But it's, it's interesting to point out, it, there are, you don't hear of many, inspe- as many inspections as you'd like to hear. Um, True. Okay. I've got, so, oh, I've got one more thing to say, sorry, before we move on to whatever topic you've got for the week. Um, I made an Instagram account. I saw that you followed me. Uh, you didn't follow back. No, I didn't. <laughs> I saw it though. I should do it. I'll do it right now. <laughs> do it later, do it later. But do it. So follow us on Instagram. We are now the number two and then bro brokers. The number two? Yeah. It's not, oh, it's not the same. Fuck, someone got a name. Somebody, it was just gone. Bastards. I know. So drop us a follow. You can DM. What could be cool is if people sent us topics that they want to hear about. Yeah, true. That would be good, I think. Well, you'll, you'll put the Instagram in the, uh, the next I'll publish. I'll link it in the right, podcast. The next yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or continuously. Yeah. Um, and we should get a couple of pictures. We, we'll figure this out between ourselves. We were supposed yes. to talk about this. You mentioned it yesterday. Yeah, last time. Yeah, um, we will, uh, we'll talk about this off air. But hopefully we'll have an up and running account for you guys to follow by the time this comes out, which will be in two or three weeks or so. Not from the time you're listening to this, but from the time we're releasing this. Uh, recording it Fantastic. so yeah give us a listen uh, give us a follow that'll be fun um, swag alright then Daniel do you want to jump into whatever we're yeah. barely talking about this week so in a previous week we talked about being open to the market we said listen even if you're comfortable and happy in the job you're in and you get a job oh, yeah. offer or you you're presented with and are looking for just out of curiosity, something that might catch your eye. Yeah. Why not do the job interview and blah, blah, blah? Well, 
I had a job interview. Okay. Last week. Right. And uh, I just said okay, and yeah. it was for it was a different job. It was insurance for for medical, and I thought you know what I'm going to go and have a look. I, w- I obviously told the guys that yeah I want it. Um, because I want to see yeah, what they have to offer. And yeah, yeah, when you course. see a job description and someone who's headhunting you, then then you're gonna you're gonna want to know more, right? Yeah. So I went to the interview and I said hello, and uh, I had uh, prepped a little bit for it, of course. And I thought a question that came up was um, when it came to the sale. It was a sales based job as well, so yeah. a bit. Of, base salary plus okay. uh, comms and they said can you give us an example of out of the box thinking fuck it out right <laughs> okay and I didn't have any examples up my sleeve per se I feel like I do it all the time yeah I feel like all I do is solve problems <laughs> so instead of giving them a big spiel and all I do is solve problems. All I do is think <laughs> out of the box. You can't just say that, right? Because that's the arrogance that you spoke about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I've learned from your mistakes, of course. <laughs> that's why job interviews are important, though, right? I'm justifying it here. You need the job interview experience. Yeah, yeah. Even course. if you don't want the job. Yeah. Just I'll, go and yeah, fucking do it because that, yeah. um, I've, I've, only, I've reached the one or two stages, but I you know, I haven't sat in the panel with three people who are head of the company yeah. that many times. Yeah. And if you can do that quite a few times without, you know, uh, getting a bad yourself. rep, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just uh, life experience. Yeah, than anything, isn't it's, it? yeah, it's good for yeah. you, definitely. So I went through with it. You know, can you give me an example about the box thinking, Daniel? Say, like, okay, okay. And I, I just sat there and I think, why is this so hard (laughs) I was like well a company wanted this amount of space I took them to a unit that was a little bit less because their budget was low and I thought listen guys why don't you take two units (laughs) and I sounded like an absolute retard and I was like right okay I, I, I pulled a few out of the box in the moment but I'm thinking that was actually quite a hard example and it's something that you need to sort of think about and make sure you have prepared, right? So I've wrote down a few points here about what out-of-the-box thinking is. All right. Now, what it is, because this is, I broke it down in front of my interviewers. I said, well, it's, I guess what you mean by out-of-the-box thinking is, is about the, the flexibility of others who you do business with and how they're willing to, you know, um, compromise or uh, perhaps change parts of the, uh, the proposals. Yeah. You also um, come across obstacles such as narrow-mindedness. Mm-hmm. And I thought, some people are not transparent, right? And this can be perceived as narrow-mindedness, right? Because they don't want to tell you everything about something. Which or, is kind of fair but, enough. Though, like right? if, if, if I'm someone who just wants a lesser price on something, then I might come across as someone who does... I, I'll, I'll deliberately be like, oh, I don't... I don't want this unit that much. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Blah 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 blah. You find and I said, interest, yeah. And you need to say to that person, listen, I know you may or may not want the unit, but I cannot move on said price. What else can we do? What What do you like about the unit? Uh, tell me everything right now. And it's it, you need to break them out of this 
position that they're trying to make themselves perceived in, they need to be transparent for you to help them. Yeah, no, you and are right. You are. I've I've come across I've come across problems with people who are genuinely stubborn. I would say stubborn, but it was based on this point right here. Right. I had a guy who came in to see an office, and the first time he saw it, all he did was slag off the building. Now, I was a bit like, okay, well. I've got pride in this building because I like it. Yeah, I believe yeah. it's sellable. I believe I can do business here. So I kept asking in, into these questions and it, I gave him my offer sheet, which he just broke down and said, I'm not paying that, I'm not paying that, I'm not paying that. <laughs> I would maybe do this. And I said, listen, everything that you're seeing right now here, it, it's not reflecting what we had I had over with your agent over the phone. Yeah. Everything you're telling me right now is actually quite contradictory to what I've heard so far. Right. So right. can you tell me why this, why that? And we broke it. And it, it just, it was ridiculous, right? Anyway, weeks later, when it, I submitted his offer, didn't hear back from the landlord about it really. They just said, Dan, let's face it, leave them. And I said, okay, fair enough. Not blaming you. I didn't fight for it at all. <laughs> yeah, because and why would you? They came back a month later and they're telling me, oh, we really, um, the agent's telling me, listen, he does really want it. I was like, well, he's not really proving it. Will he accept this, 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 and this? Will he accept this? Like this deposit of 15%. Will he accept the rental price of this with one check? Because I can't do any better than that because of the reasons I've told yeah. you. And the reasons I've told him were that the, there's so many service charges that are owed to this this building manager that the courts have said you cannot tenant that unit until, until they're paid, paid off. off. Yeah. Therefore, one check covers those service charges. Allowing we need the it. tenants to move Allowing the tenancy. Yeah. And I said, that's the only way we can do this, right? And he says, we need another viewing. So I bring the 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 guy with the keys from Abu Dhabi to Dubai, an hour's drive. Yeah over and we're sitting in this office and I give him the new offer sheet with the a, a few changes with regards to um, a grace period. I gave him an extra free month. I could do that, but he, as long as he pays the cash up front, yeah. his contract is extended by those extra two months. Yeah. And, you know, it, it means it's two months free in the future, right? Yeah, which is so, flexibility and out-of-the-box thinking, yeah. technically, yeah. Technically, yeah. Um, and he goes, I'm still not paying that 15%. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, and he goes, and the rent's too high. And I, I just went, listen, what, everything that you're saying right now is what I've sent to this agent here who did send it to you. No, he didn't. <laughs> I said, yes, he did. He said, no, he didn't. Look, I said, he didn't even show me his phone. I said, why are we here? <laughs> I genuinely, I said, why are we here? And I looked at him and I just let him see it. I was like, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. We shouldn't be here. And I, I just sat there and I waited. He brought his sister and his, her boyfriend. They looked around the unit as if she was the decision maker. That's what he told me. And he says, I don't even like this unit. She's the decision maker. Yeah. And I, said, I was like, no, no, she's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the decision yeah. maker. I said, we're not playing this game. Let me know what you think right now, right here. Can you do this or not? And he says, I can do this. And then he crossed out a few other points. Another client came the the next day or in the next few days, I ended up proceeding with the deal with them. Right. And then I had the agent call me up constantly. He's really upset. He really wants the unit. I said, no. Is this the Burj Khalifa one? It was in the Burj Khalifa. 
It wasn't. I have a million stories about that, right? <laughs> so, but this is so interesting, right? Because you're sort of taught from every sort of thing is that if you're interested in something, like if you were to buy a car and you fell in love with the car, you wouldn't go to the salesman, I fucking love this car so much, I really want this car, would you? You'd be like, ah, it's all right. Because then you think when you put That's forward true. the offer, you're going to negotiate that. That's true. But, but if you were honestly went to that salesman, listen, I really like it, here's what I can do, give me the best offer. Transparency would help moving Because otherwise you're asking someone to sell it to you. And no one exactly. likes to be sold to. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so I, I just, there's a difference between transparency and narrow-mindedness. Yeah, agree with That you. was my point. And I hope that example kind of proved that a little bit. Like the guy, Are you saying he was, he was not transparent or he was narrow-minded? I'm saying that he was obstructive. Right, like, right. Uh, narrow-minded, it, it wasn't narrow-minded because it, it, was, it, it wasn't like he was denying what I was saying. It was. It wasn't being transparent. Narrow-minded. Did, it's no, hard I don't to think narrow-minded. I think so. But perhaps he was just being silly, obstructive. I don't know. The but whole sister or wife thing, being the decision maker, is a huge negotiation tactic that I come across in residential. It can be, except when she walks into the office, and goes, "Oh, this is amazing. I love no, this." No, view. But they do that all the time. I get that all the time. Like, the wife walks out, and then the husband is sitting there, a little bit moved. They were talking about where they're going for dinner in the elevator. I was like, <laughs> "What is this?" But I, this all I did all the time. All I did was, do, if anything, it was disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, because, I get that. Because I for the that. second time we're the meeting, and where we're meant to be concluding business. They've still rejected everything that I've given them, and then they just they they start talking about dinner instead of business, mm. and you know he's he's lying to me, and he thinks that I believe him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, believe yeah. anything you're it. saying. By it. the way, do you understand that I've just asked you why are we here, and I'm not happy. Yeah. How is that going to make me do favours for you? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Why that's would I thing. go out of my way when I've got... I, you think I've got no one who el- no one else who wants this unit. Do you think that I'm, I'm at your feet right now? Like, begging you to please, please take this unit? No, it's not happening. Yeah. Like, I'm, I've got self-respect, so... I think I know why this is happening. I didn't take it personally. I didn't take it personally. No, no, of course I'm just saying right. this out loud. I didn't take it personally. Yeah, yeah. I, someone else came in who wanted the unit. We're straightforward. We negotiated transparently. Yeah. And things went well. That's and I said, business, well, right? you would actually make a much better tenant. Exactly. I'm doing this on behalf of the landlord because when I was talking to the landlord about this other guy, they were like, I don't like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Can I just, on that whole transparency thing, the reason I think that guy was pushing back to you so much and the reason... I also agree with you. I sort of get a lot of pushback from tenants that they don't trust me sort of thing. Like that happens occasionally. They don't trust me. And the reason for that is is because Dubai is one of the only markets in the world where the tenant in residential, I know as commercial you get paid by most developers, but in residential, the tenant pays the fee legally. The landlord doesn't have to. Uh-huh. In the UK, it's reversed, right? The landlord pays a fee for selling the property or renting yeah, the property. Yeah. So I think it's a mentality is that the tenants come over here expecting an agent to be working for the landlord because the landlord is the one paying the fees. We have to break down that stereotype and be like, actually, but, yes, yeah. we have the landlord's interests in us, 
but you are the one paying us at the end of the day. But that, that we are your... you can say that from both perspectives because there's a lot of buyers and, and leasers who, leasees, who know that the agent is getting commission mm-hmm. now in Dubai. Yeah. And they know, that, like, they, they, they almost, that they, they end up treating agents like, like dirt because certain agents will do everything and anything for their clients. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you cannot give someone a fantastic service, right? Of course you should. Do that through integrity, honesty, you know, competency and all the rest of this. But it doesn't mean you need to, you know, wash their feet and, and no, hang no, around right. their side like a, a, a dog on a lead. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not your... Do you know what I mean? You, you still have self-respect if you are a consultant. Yeah, you are absolutely. Not, you're not a dog and a lead, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Anyway, I've got another point here. Asking why and not getting answers determines stubbornness. If you ask someone why and they genuinely, they're not giving you the answers, you need to try and figure out why they're not giving you the answers. Okay. So are they being stubborn in a sense that they don't want to tell you too much so that they do have more power? Yeah. Um, if they're not giving you the answers, do they not trust you enough to tell you? Yeah. So how do you get around... Do they even know the answer? Because that, that's... Or do they not know what they Exactly. That, that to me is a problem. If they don't know, if they, if they won't tell me why, then why, why am I not getting answers? That to me is is a red flag to be honest yeah yeah either exactly. I'm doing something wrong or they don't know what they want yeah so if I'd prefer it was maybe me doing something wrong and I should ask a different question because then I can fix it do you know what I'm saying and you can judge the seriousness of the client yeah, yeah. so yeah. this I think this is out of the box thinking because I'm jumping into scenarios where you're presented with a, a situation where you you're trying to think how do I get around this obstacle? Okay, got it. Do you know what I'm saying? So how do you deal with a client that is not answering your questions? Yeah. Go on then. So I, you, ask, <laughs> you ask why? Do yeah, you, but they're not answering. Right. If, if, they're being aloof. So for example, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> what did you not like about the unit? Oh, it was okay. Right, okay. So That's not an answer. Then I would say, yeah. right, so when we were on the phone previously... And we were talking about what your requirements were. You said this, 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 and this, and this. You know, the, the size is this. The, it's near a metro. It's above the 10th floor. It's, uh, it's not shelling court. It's a fitted unit. You didn't want furniture. It's ticking all these boxes. You it's saw in, the it's in, bus- store it's in business bay. It's the yeah. area that you wanted. And it's within your budget. Yeah. What don't you like about it? So I'll recap. When I come across, when I come across those obstacles... They're and not you're ticking off all the boxes. I'll say, but I've ticked yeah. these boxes. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll tell them, then I'll say, so what was wrong about this? And when they break that down, they're like, right, okay, I need to say something. And they might say, it was the elevators. It's not comfortable enough. It was too busy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'd say, uh, and the price doesn't match the building quality. I was like, well, you've, let's talk about the market then. You've mentioned building quality and the price. Let's talk about the market. And I'll recap on the market. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how you get around those. Yeah. I think make them answer their own questions. Yeah. yeah. You look for the yes, but they, but they are perceived as no's. 
Right, I don't know what the fuck that means. What what can you do at this point? Oh, I don't know. Make sure you have understood their needs once more. Recap. So I've covered that. Yeah, that's the ticking off the boxes, yeah. Receiving excuses. Get something set in stone. Time frames. Holy shit. Right, if you're <laughs> thinking outside the box here, right? This isn't even outside the box. If you're receiving excuses yeah. about why they can't proceed with something and you recognise it as an excuse, now your buyer or your leaser does not seem as motivated as they once were. Yeah. And you're thinking, right, what, what happened here? Seeing that original talk, you should have got from them, before you did a viewing... A time frame. Yeah, yeah. When if you, you get a time yeah. frame in the initial conversation, you can say, right, when do you need this office by, or apartment? I need it by the 25th of July. Why? Yeah. Oh, no reason. Okay. So where, where are you living now? Like, like yeah, why, why do you need it? Why do you need to rent? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I need it because my lease is running out. I need a place really bad. Okay. So when you get to the point where you're saying, right, so what's wrong with it? And they say, like, uh, uh, mm, uh, nothing. Then you, you know that it's, it's something actually wrong with their apartment. It's like their motivation should be there. Yeah, it's you know more of a preference than it is a technicality. Yeah. yeah. So you can use that to break things down. And it really helps when you need to put the pressure on someone and you say, listen, mate, I've shown you five properties. And you need a property by the 25th of July. Yeah. It's, it's the 20th of July now. We need to finalise this. I've given you five options. I don't want to put any pressure on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Nothing in life is as perfect as we all want it to be. Like, yeah. I don't know. No, it's simple. The whole sort of time frame thing as well is even when you do a viewing, you don't want to leave it open-ended. Let's say they've even got a month until they need to move. If, if they have that timeline, you then need to put a shorter timeline on it. So I always say, okay, so what do you need to make the decision? They will then tell me, I need to speak with the wife or I need to check my accounts or something like that. Okay, how long do you think that will take you? Oh, let me talk to her this evening. All right, so by end of business tomorrow, can you give me an answer, please? Because I've got to let the landlord know or I've got to do this or I've got to do that. As soon as you put that deadline in place, you know they're either going to commit to it or if they don't stick to that timeline, they're not that interested in it. You are that call to arms, that sort of that action point. Yeah, just makes them think about it more as well. So yeah, I think that works both uh, ways. They put their own deadlines on things, and then you can sort of manip, not manipulate. That's a whole awful word. I don't like using it, but you can sort of then put your own timelines in place as well to stay in control of the situation. And if you get a time frame from them as well, right? And it turns out their wife is also a decision maker. And you call them up and they say, I need it by the 25th. And I say, well, it's the 15th. And we can do a viewing tomorrow. And he goes, okay. And says, you better bring your wife along. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, better bring, the, you say, better bring the decision uh, maker. Yeah, 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 are, yeah. are you making the decision? Is anyone making the decision yeah. with you? And he might go or she might go, yes, my husband or wife. Yeah, and exactly. Says, well, you better bring them along because... Um, we might not be able to do a viewing. Within two week. weeks. Within time. two weeks, one, the property might be rented. Yeah. Two, uh, we'll want to make sure that the landlord gets it cleaned and everything is hunky-dory for you. Nice. Um, nice. Three, there's a problem with the cooker. It needs fixed. And the landlord probably won't action that until once yeah. he gets a bit of money in. So 
uh, or ensures he's got some checks and so I recommend bring her along and uh, let's make a decision yeah we'll make a decision there and then yeah so I've, I've done that a few times where they're like I want to bring my boss uh, CEO uh, no sorry it's are you bringing your boss no I said I would say that, that exact same thing yeah it's yeah. like well we're moving from uh, downtown with uh, higher end properties to um, prices that are more affordable these places turn over a lot quicker so you should probably bring your CEO I've scheduled viewings and I'll schedule them very neatly so that we've always got time to go from one to the next and things are smooth. I'll make sure they're smooth. And I'll tell the client that I will make sure it's smooth for your boss. Like, don't worry about it. Um, and then I can get a decision there and there. And I'll get the fucking number of the CEO and I can talk to the decision maker when I need to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that can help push things along. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. thinking outside the box as well. <laughs> I would say. Like, it's, it's small ways to make sure business happens or you don't waste any more time yeah you're right you're right yeah 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 i like that don't make promises and do more work if you feel they're not serious yeah because if if you're at the end of a viewing and you're asking for business and it's just not happening like they're they're just you recognize that they're demotivated they're not really feeling anything in fact They've got options that you can't control and they're working with many agents. Yeah. Then don't say to them, yeah, okay, well, as soon as I get back to office, I'll send you more options. Um, I'll get the the floor plans for this unit and uh, get you all the details on this so you can make a more informed decision. Yeah, it sounds good, but are you wasting your time? Because by the sense of it, yeah, you can Exactly, you yeah. you've got to know where to deal. You've got, you got to work smart, not hard, right? That's, yeah, that's it's like, yeah. yeah, this, okay, this unit's a no. Um, what else are you seeing? Yeah. What else is coming up? Okay, do you need my advice? Like, tell them about what you think of the buildings. <laughs> if, just go. Um, step back and give them a chance to prove. So, I feel like silence is great. Yeah, not wrong. When, uh, when you're negotiating, if you are silent, then the, the, usually the first person who speaks yeah. is the loser, right? Yeah. But sometimes when you're sitting there with someone who's not moving forward with business and for reasons that you can't justify... Um, and you ask them a question and they're just like, no, I don't like that uh, because I did it. And the answer is pathetic. They're making an excuse. Just pause. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like sales some, 101, isn't it? Don't be the first one to speak. Yeah. And sometimes when, yeah, like, if, if for example, the guy I was, I was mentioned earlier on when we were on the couch and I gave him the offer for him and he said, I'm not paying that. I said, why are we here? And, you and I didn't it. say anything. Yeah. I let him Tell me, and, he, and you know what he did? Oh, why are we here? I don't know anymore. Uh, and I, I didn't say For anything. Sake. I was just like, I it just, I was, I was just like, okay. <laughs> we'll let your people walk around and, and, and just, and eventually we did end up scoring off a few things and getting somewhere, but nah. No, you're right. I agree with you. And I think that's, that comes with experience as well, right? It does. When yeah. you're brand new, you sort of, you, 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 you scurry around and 
you think every lead is going to be your first deal or your first thing that makes you some money so you put all your attention in it so I sort of like that we sort of started talking about this as thinking outside the box but the points that we've sort of hit throughout this is actually sort of what makes you a good experienced broker learning to walk away from things learning where to focus your energies learning on how to treat your clients properly as well this is all things that come with experience and at the end of the day is what separates a good broker from not necessarily a bad broker but an inexperienced broker yeah and, and seeing obstacles as a way of like a problem is something that can be fixed yeah thinking around obstacles what is the problem so that you can fix it yeah and um you know that can make you a sale a lot of the times um but yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, thinking outside the box. It's 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 like the psychology of sales, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So I, I wanted to cover that because it was something I didn't uh, elaborate on enough in my interview. Obviously, I can't talk to them about that for twenty five minutes. But <laughs> uh, I think there's a few key points in there that that you could definitely break down and use it as an example. Yeah, definitely. Um. So I. I've got down here thinking outside the box and I've written down a couple of companies that do think outside the box or did and that's why they were successful. Got it. Airbnb. Do you know the story about Airbnb? No. I think it was was brought in, the the concept was brought in at the time of uh, recession and and people were like, what am I going to do with this, the properties? And instead of going to said real estate agencies or anything else, they'd say, right, I can rent out a room, I can rent out a house, I can rent out whatever. There you go, you can you can live in this place for a weekend. You, yeah. Ways yeah, yeah. of, it's like a side hustle for people with property or an extra space. Yeah, passive income. Yeah, yeah. and it, people saved and made money from that. So yeah. um, that came in at a good time uh, before the concept was there and uh, they really thrived off of that. Um, the Apple iPhone was like one of the first touchscreen phones there were, fully touchscreen phones. Okay. I think that's more the innovation and thinking outside the box. Yeah, but it makes that, sense. Hey, yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, Tesla, being that they were pioneer in electric cars. Yeah. They were, and they were attractive. They were made for people with money that like a luxurious item as opposed to something that is only sustainable yeah or, sorry yeah. would I say economical yeah turning a necessity into something that's attractive yeah it's yeah. like buying uh, I'm not going to say it a Mitsubishi Ultrage right you could buy that car or you could buy something with uh, more efficiency that actually has that you're Ah, oh, fuck off. I don't know. <laughs> we'll breeze over that one. Netflix. Yeah. It's just a streaming website, but, but it's for movies. But it was movies. the first streaming website. Uh, and it yeah, used to I be a that. video store. Exactly. And they yeah, yeah. then looked into streaming movies legally. Yep. And then now they're actually funding movies and making movies. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, You know, they obviously started off same as blockbusters as DVD rentals, right? Yeah. You know, they only stopped doing DVD rentals literally last week or the week before. You could still rent a DVD from Netflix up until like a week really? ago. Yeah, how insane is that? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's quite cool. They literally stopped it about a week or so ago. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Airbnb was co-living. 
Um, what about uh, there was modular construction? That was like uh, what would you say? Storage containers that were then reused and turned into uh, a living accommodation. And you'll find that the majority of student housing in the UK nowadays is actually modular construction. Okay. Just based off of a repeat model, just a big cereal box with a bunch of uh, storage containers that have been upgraded, insulated, and turned into studio apartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which brings me on to the next one. Studio apartments. Right? Right. Okay. You're, we live in studios. They're yeah. convenient for bachelors. Yeah. Never really, it never really used to be a thing, did it? I don't know. Uh, apparently, I, don't know. I, I googled that one. Right. Uh, <laughs> crowdfunding and then virtual reality. That yeah, yeah virtual reality. Uh, I you've got Google search written here, right? Go on then. Well, the internet is the internet, right? Yeah. But what the fuck is the internet? <laughs> like you use like what is it like what do you what is the internet because like you use google yeah you use firefox you know yeah. you use microsoft edge but before you use those what is it the internet <laughs> but this is what i'm saying the internet before used to be a place where you could send things over the internet yeah like email uh, yeah 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 yeah. so yeah, okay, yeah, then okay. it's like the yellow pages turned right okay i'm google and i'm thinking i could put the yellow pages on the internet for people to find yes right, so i'll put it on my google think of it as like a holding company for everything but it doesn't own anything yeah, yeah, right? okay, yeah, yeah I mean? okay but it's all right so let's try and wrap this up with the google search though did you ever that's put, a bit retro but... before google did you ever use ask jeeves no Right, so maybe it was quite a British, quite an English, sorry, quite an English thing. But there was a website, a web, like, what do you call it? What is Google? It's I a browser. A browser. There was a web browser called Ask Jeeves, right? Which I remember using more before Google really blew up, right? And it was literally, it was a search bar, and then it had a little butler next to it. And you would type a question, and then the butler would respond to you, and that was how it'd be, no right? Way. Yeah, yeah, it was quite cool. But my point there is that, Google then came and took over the market by storm, right? So there's thinking outside the box, but there's also innovating on something and doing it better. The modern day example of this, right, is Zoom, yeah? Yeah. How long has Zoom been a prominent thing for? Not really long. It really blew up over lockdown, right? Yes, because it was actually the one of the best functioning um Ways to, to video call. But before lockdown, would you have used Zoom? I had no need to. But when you're in an office and stuff, you'd use Skype, right? Skype uh, has been around for the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. Video calling, instant messaging, all this sort of stuff. But it was never made for corporates. Skype was always just, I'm going to Skype my pal. Exactly. Whatever. Like, but then Zoom came along, realised there was a necessity. So there's thinking outside the box, adapting to the situation that you're in. And then even it's if there are competitors, niche yeah. markets, isn't it? exactly. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Thinking outside the box, yeah. Um, so I think that's uh, yeah. I think it's been a relatively short episode, but we've covered some good points there. I think. Yeah. We yeah. weren't massively prepared for this episode, so if we've been waffling a little bit, we apologise. Um, I don't. I'm not apologising. I'm not sorry for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hopefully we've, we've covered some material that is quite helpful. I think we've been a bit 
bit more constructive this time. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, what are we seeing? Are we seeing goodbye now? That's it. Yeah, I think we're wrapping yeah. up, right? That's all, folks. Okay, fantastic. Yep. Thanks for listening again. Appreciate that, and uh, we'll be back with you next week for another podcast. Yeah. If you uh, have anything you'd specifically like us to talk about, write in. Hit us up on email to broke brokers. No. Brokebrokers2, T-W-O, at gmail.com. Or hit us on the new Instagram, to the number two, Brokebrokers. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see you, you next it time. It doesn't matter how random it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, just give us a point of conversation, we'll fucking talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. guys, all right. Nice one, guys. Bye for now. Adios, amigos. Bye.